Hi, I want to welcome Jen Boyle uh, to the Rye Radio Hour. Uh, as many of you all know, Jen is president of the Rye City School District uh, School Board, and so she has a lot on her plate. Uh, she probably is the most powerful person in Rye, given <laughs> that uh, she manages, how big is that budget? 90 million? About that, yes. About $90 million. <laughs> And just borrowed $80 million, so... Not uh, totally, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, but nevertheless... <laughs> just got approval to this, borrow this, it, is a, this is a big deal. So, yes. so, But let's go backward. How did you get to Rye? How did, I mean, where did you come from, and how did you end up here? So, well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I came to Rye with my then one child and husband um, in 2007. Uh-huh. We moved from New York City. And we did probably a similar house search that uh, many people that ended up here have done. Yeah, that was just before the crash. It was just before the crash, yes. (laughs) Not very good timing, I guess. Well, I don't know that there's good timing for almost anything, really. I mean, but but we we did do a lot of searching around and something about Rye just Mm -hmm. felt right. So... Different from Isn't even that some of the other all of West our Chester stories. Uh, we looked at Larchmont, we looked at Greenwich, we looked at other places. Yeah. And I just, Rye grabs you in some ways. Something, yeah, there's something about it. And, I, you know, I don't think it's for every single person who's looking, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and I think there's probably a town for everyone. Mm-hmm. But there was something about this, the small, sort of small townish feel of it and the community and um, sort of the mix of, I'm a, I, I came from, um, Pennsylvania and the city I grew up in had a lot of um, older, beautiful homes, and there was something about that mm-hmm. also that draws me in. So how did you get sense. to New York, uh, and what did you do in New York? Uh, so I moved to New York in another good story of timing, mm-hmm. um, 2000, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right after um, the... Dot com uh, bubble. Uh, yeah. Yes, and also, you know, right after we got into the 2000s. Oh, yeah. So um, I was in um, PR and worked for um, one of the PR agencies in healthcare, of all things. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, scholastic background is um, from college, I came out with a, a bachelor's of arts uh, degree in psychology. Uh, so went from there to kind of explore if I wanted to advance that. So how did how did you meet your husband? Uh, we met on a blind date. So did I. So <laughs> t- so you tell me about your blind date, and I'll tell you about mine. Okay. Okay. So my blind date was my sister and one of his sisters went to Holy Cross College together, and um, it was right after my my sister now her oldest just turned 18 yesterday mm-hmm. and um so she was married and pregnant and i was not and my mother was very concerned at my late age in life and so i uh, started asking around who has brothers that live in new york city and so one of my sister's friends did and so i'll interrupt you so i had my blind date um it wasn't quite a blind date there were five people involved so it was kind of a mixed thing rather than Got just it. Two people sitting across from each other, and uh, my wife Robin, who runs the Rye Record. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I mean, we didn't get along at all. <laughs> it was the date from hell. Oh my I mean, goodness! Uh, people were squabbling and one thing and so on. And I thought, leaving that, I'm never going to see this person again. Uh, so, how did your first date go? Better, I presume. It went very well. <laughs> it went very well. We got along very well. We yeah. had lots of good conversation yeah. about tons of different things it was actually 
it ended up being a very, very long first date yeah. where we met for a drink and then, mm -hmm. you know, we're out talking for mm -hmm. several hours after that. Yeah. And then the rest is history, really. Well, my second date is what happened then. I was okay. dating somebody else and so was Robin. And I was saying somebody was always telling me what to do. And about three weeks later, I said to myself, you know what? I met this really interesting woman and why, maybe I don't need to put up with this. So, right. I, so I called her and she said, you've got a lot of nerve waiting three weeks and then giving me a good <laughs> phone call. But uh, we went to a mostly Mozart concert in the city. Nice. Uh, we had a great time, talked for hours. And uh, and the rest is history. Yes. So how many children do you have? Three. Three. Yes. Uh, so uh, just sort of jumping around, was it the fact that your kids were in school that got you involved in school business, or did you always have an interest in that direction, or how how, how did it evolve? You know, I mean, so um, you know, I you're from a small town in Pennsylvania <laughs> and in the big city, and then you meet the love of your life. But how ending up running a $90 million enterprise? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, that makes it sound much more interesting than it actually well, is. <laughs> I, you know, it's pretty... Uh, I, um, I initially got engaged in the school district when it was my oldest was actually going to kindergarten. So um, now eight years later, here I am. But uh, when um, there was discussion around the building of the science wing, and, mm -hmm. and I really knew nothing at all about how um, the public school districts worked in New York. I had no understanding of, of unions, of... Um, Do you still understand it, by the way? It is complex. <laughs> well, it is yeah. all of it's complex. There's lots of yeah. complexities. Yeah. I mean, I have a better sense now yeah. than yeah. I did then, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Um, but, and it's, you know, it's a learning process. Every day is, is there something new that you can learn for mm -hmm. sure. Um, but that's when I first initially got involved and, and most of it was kind of educating myself on, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't quite understand what the problem was if we, if the school science uh, classrooms needed to be repaired, then they should be repaired and we should, you know, but that's a very simplistic view of it. There's lots of complexities around it, as you know. Um, so that was how I first initially got involved and most of it was around getting the vote out. Um, well, one of the things about Rye that I think a lot of people don't understand is that it is a small C conservative town, mm -hmm. not a Republican town or a big C conservative town. But I remember uh, I was on the city council with Carolyn Cunningham, mm -hmm. and Carolyn Cunningham is a liberal Democrat. And she said to me once, once you get on the council, then you discover the kind of small C conservatism of Rye residents. They're not too sure about jumping for big things. Mm -hmm. And you look at the school bond. I, I, was it a shock that it failed the first time around? You know, change is not something that, I, in my view, right people embrace automatically. Uh, change, well, change is hard. Um, and I, I think that especially, so um, when you're trying to convey a lot of information about something that we're looking into the future yeah. for. Um, it's it's difficult, and and you know we're the the environment we're in right now as a country from um, 
you know, fiscal standpoint is, you know, uncertain. I think yeah. there's, I'm, I'm no, you know, post uh, the crash financial. nobody <laughs> is saying post the crash gee things are going to go on just the way they are right. we don't need to worry right. i think everyone's scarred there's by always it. some uncertainty but yeah. but i also think that there's an approach to this um especially from the uh, from the school district to the things that that are we're looking to do are not outlandish outrageous are not things that are going to not be something we will need down the road. Yeah. We, we need better spaces. We we need a new field. Mm-hmm. We need um, to replace roofing and electrical. And, like, <laughs> well, let me, let me switch from, from uh, um, wallboard and bricks and mortar yeah. and so on. Uh, I sent you two articles mm-hmm. uh, uh, from Education Week and just at random because I think a lot of times we end up talking about bricks and mortar one thing another when it's schooling it's mm-hmm. that's important what's mm-hmm. going inside these buildings mm-hmm. so one of them was about uh phonics education mm-hmm. and as you saw a group of educators have gotten together after the most recent NAEP reports which were really disappointing there's mm-hmm. no way to describe it I mean, it just says there hasn't been any progress in 30 years mm-hmm. and for some minority there's been less than progress right. so they got together and said as far as reading comprehension is concerned we have to have a systemic approach to phonics uh, because 25 to 30 percent of all learners that's the only way they're going to get it right. you know what's the district's current thinking about reading teaching particularly as it relates to decoding and and so on because a lot of parents do this at home by the way my Mm -hmm. daughter-in-law is you know got little phonics books and so on just it's so different from when i grew up even i think there was not nearly the emphasis no my parents didn't teach me how to read (laughs) yes um and and you know there's a there's a preschool element to a lot of I don't know how to read in first Children's, grade, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Dick and, and I, Jane. And I also think, but I also think what what people know about kids at those young ages is there's massive differences in development that happen between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. Yeah. Um, and every kid is on a different path, and they all eventually get to a place right around third grade. Is my and now. You know, All right, so let's imagine I'm yeah. a phonics nut, yes. and I want to I approach the district. Yes. What's the response? What's, what's your, what is the district's current thinking about reading instruction? So current thinking about reading instruction, yeah. um, well, we have a, we've adopted um, you know, a reading and writing program mm-hmm. from uh, Columbia Teachers College, which is implemented at all levels. Yeah. There is, is this Lucy Calkins? Yes. She used to be my author. Oh, world <laughs> um, and there is actually your timing is perfect there's um, we've hired a new literacy director um, that has just started this year and there's there is currently a review happening of our phonics programs and mm-hmm. how those are working and are they giving our kids what we want them to do and yeah. where can we make changes mm-hmm. um, I think that's one of the things that from a curricular standpoint the district has been doing a lot of over the last few years looking at what we're doing and having a more systemic review process to yeah, how did that happen i remember going all the way back to ed fox who was a uh, mm-hmm. member of the board uh who was pointing out that our math scores 
could be better mm-hmm. and that there was something wrong, if not wrong, we were just not optimal in our math instruction. Mm-hmm. But that was a decade ago. Right. Why did it take so long? That's, that's not wrong. What was happening that it took a number of years finally to coalesce and say, you know, we really got to look at this in terms of what we're trying to do? I mean, I, I wasn't I, I know. wasn't there when Ed Fox was right. <laughs> on the board, but um, but I think there you know there was a lot of different things happening statewide, right? So you had the introduction of Common Core, mm-hmm. and then there was also a lot of um, a lot of disruption that occurred from APPR being tied to uh, teacher evaluations. Yeah, right. So there was a lot of intensity around those issues. Did Bry get involved in fuzzy math? What do you mean? Um, there was a movement in California in the 80s and 90s uh, that persisted to some degree that you didn't have to have exactly the right answer. Uh, that you, you want to encourage students to engage in the process even if they didn't arrive at the right answer. And that lasted for a while, and then finally the parents uprose in California and said, uh, you know, <laughs> You do, in the end, up have to end up with the right answer. Right. So I have no idea yeah. what the answer to that question is. Okay. <laughs> um, I can only yeah. speak to kind of what I see. So with my own kids, mm-hmm. even um, my youngest, who's now in third grade, yeah. and um, there's now been a, a after a, a lengthy process of evaluation and and piloting a new yeah. math curriculum that's being used, or yeah. math program, I should okay. say, that's being used at Which the is, elementary level. What's it called? It's called Math and Focus. Okay. It's a Singapore-based math. used to use math. everyday math, right? There's, there were several of them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but that is what it, uh, is being used today. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of work that's being done from professional development with teachers and students, and, and it's a different way of looking at math. So I look at what she's doing, and I remember my eighth grader and what she did, um, and there's all sorts of different ways to conceptualize the, the math that you're trying to learn. Yeah. And I think that speaks to kids who, you know, some kids react right to the numbers, some kids react better to shapes, mm-hmm. some kids react, you know, especially at these younger right. ages yeah. when you're talking about K-1-2. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been a, a great um, introduction, and we're doing the same now with, middle school uh, math there's mm-hmm. a, a, a secondary yep. um, committee that's been formed to evaluate and, and it's really so are they're trying to get the rid of the algebra the one geometry algebra two pre-calculus are they going to try to change that sequence i think they're just trying to figure out are we well i personally yeah. if i think about all the different things I read from yeah. whether it be ed week or yeah. any other um, education sources that i might personally get on my feeds um i think there's a a, there's been a lot of questions talking about different approaches to how you get to where you need to be you know i think when you're looking at math scores we just did in our one of our meetings at the end of october um looking at the state test scores and, and things of that nature so you have to keep in mind that you're looking at one you're really engaged of, in all this stuff, aren't you? Well, I'm trying to be well, <laughs> as much as I can. But the state test. Well, is, I could just. I, I sorry. you know, I used to be in the business, and I, I've been in I don't know a couple thousand districts in my life, and not, a, not every school board president actually is capable of talking about all these things. Well, you, you're you, very wouldn't be, you wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> believe that. Other people are like, are you president of the school board or whatever, and so on. So, 
Well, there's a you good strong tradition of school you, boards here you, in Rye, and they, they're very well-educated people. But you have a psychology background, and now you're educating yourself on all these issues related to pedagogy and curriculum and teacher training and so on. How do you find all the time to do this with three children? Um, well, I, I am in my fourth year on the board, so the, okay. there's been a, a ramp yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's, a, there's just a lot of great discussion and information that we get from the school district, too. I mean, yeah. they want us to have as much information as we can yeah. so that when we're sitting and talking and, and figuring things out, we can be So how do you communicate to the general public that you, the board members, are really engaged in this? Because it's refreshing to hear you talk about all these aspects of pedagogy, uh, but you know the formal pattern of the board meetings really doesn't lend it itself to discovering, gee, the president of the school board is really engaged in curriculum. Uh, I mean, you're not going to give a speech and say, hey, I'm really focused on this. How, how, how can you make us know that you all are really engaged in this? So that's an excellent question. I think, you know, I mean, a, a board meeting is is there for a particular purpose. It's like kabuki theater. I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's the similar, it's same as yeah. like a city council meeting. You're there to yeah. do particular things. Yeah. You're not there to, to kind of espouse about your own, um, you know, what you've been reading up on. Although we have had, I think with... Um, Dr. Byrne has tried to introduce mm -hmm. um, more opportunities for us as a board to talk about uh, education generally. So he, we do a lot of reading. He mm -hmm. gives us books, recommends yeah. books to yeah. us. Mm -hmm. We just did, um, in one of our most recent meetings, a kind of book talk about um, deeper learning. The Remaking of the American High School was the name of the book. It was really interesting. Um, and it looks at all different types of ways of teaching uh, that are being done across the country. And we had a really great discussion mm -hmm. about, you know, how do you, how do you try to figure out ways that kids will be so more you all engaged had a great in discussion, their learning. But the public wasn't really aware that you had a discussion. Well, if they were there and they could yeah. watch us on tape and, okay. and know that. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we notice all these meetings and we let people know that what know. we're talking about. And I, but this goes back to... A lot of times, to, I've been reported there, I'll sit there and I'm sitting next to Sarah Derman and the two other yes. people in the audience is yes. like, you know. It's, I mean, it's hard. So I think there's moments where people become very engaged mm -hmm. and, and come. Um, and then there's moments when the regular business is seemingly Yeah, sometimes it seems like the most harder. important thing, which is teaching and curriculum, it's just snooze. I mean, the parents don't really. All right, we're not going to blame the parents. We'll move. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think there's a lot. There's a lot of pe things that people are balancing. Yeah. Across their lives, mm -hmm. and um, I think there's moments where they try to engage um, as much as they can. But I'll say, when I was a parent of very young kids, I mean, I wasn't going out to a school board meeting yeah. to listen to what was happening. You were sort of engaging in different ways. But you were engaged mm -hmm. at home. I mean, as I watched my daughter-in-law I mean she you know she's got these little books and letters and things like that and so on. all the things which I grew up in the 50s there was none of that the, right. the supposition was that school's going to teach you how to read there was really not much pre-reading in kindergarten and then bang there was Dick and Jane in first grade and off you went right uh these parents my god are they engaged um 
Yeah. Uh, it's, well, it's, there's a shift, I think. You know, as over time, there's, I've noticed, just thinking again about my own childhood, like yeah. you're saying, there's a shift in emphasis on how you, when you introduce things to kids and, uh, you know, how much you're doing that and trying to enhance for them before they get to school. I, you know, the jury might be ten- out on whether that is Does beneficial or not. tension um, in the sense that, uh, particularly with the internet and someone, everyone's an expert now, and then you all, they're the board, and then, like, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, my parents just assumed that the schools knew exactly what to do, yeah. and if I had a problem with a teacher, it was my fault, not the teacher's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to Catholic school, so okay, we know where that went. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and I, and I think there's been a shift in that. That's culturally a shift, societally a shift yeah. within the United States. Um, look, I, I will never claim to be an education expert by mm-hmm. any means. I look at the professionals who work in our schools and their level of engagement and commitment and focus and um, you know wanting to expand the experience for well, for I could just say fantastic. This conversation, thank goodness, so it's them. <laughs> open and you've revealed an awful lot about how you think and so on. And I just wish, I mean, we'll, you know, about near the end of the interview, that you can find ways in which. Uh, more parents get to know who you are, what you're thinking about, and the fact that you all are engaged in does this work or this doesn't mm-hmm. work, and so on and so forth. Uh, because you know, there you are up there. It is kind of intimidating, uh, and I, I think some parents though. Well, we'll see. All right, so I got one last question. Yes. Football. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you think I was going? Uh, I had know, no idea. Yeah, yeah, right. The, the, you know, the calculus sequence? No. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about football. The NFL or uh, rye football? Uh, rye football. <laughs> and um, this came up, everything, it's all personal with all of us. So, uh, as I mentioned, I have a grandson in, in uh, kindergarten. Yes. He's extremely athletic and he's obsessed about sports. So we played family baseball, we played family soccer, and just recently I said to him, well, weather's getting kind of cold, I don't think we can play family baseball anymore. Uh, How about family soccer this weekend? He said, no, family football. And I went, I clutched my hand (laughs) to my heart. I thought, yikes, Uh, is this really what I want for my child? Concussions and all that business and so on and so forth. So what advice do you give to parents about this question of a child who wants to play football? I know this is really hard, but I think parents, this is one of the hard things they face, you know. I want to play football, but it's also, there's all this evidence about concussions and so on and so forth. Right. Um, So I've never had anyone ask me advice on this. <laughs> um, first well, of all. you're president of the school board. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think, look, I think there's, there's any sport you play, football probably more than yeah. most, um, has risks involved. Um, you know, I couldn't begin to, to say whether people should or shouldn't play football but uh, I mean my father was a huge football fan and played in high school and got a scholarship for Mm -hmm. college to go to go play football Um, 
and he loved, loved, loved the game. And there's something about the game that is very ingrained in our um, American kind of culture. And, 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 you know, you're seeing things change. There's shifts to the numbers of kids that are joining mm-hmm. and playing. Have you and, seen a decline in the number of kids who want to play football at Rye? N- not in yeah. Rye specifically, but yeah. I have seen. So for my high school, like, they'll show pictures of football teams from when I was there, which was many years ago now. And and today's teams and and they're they're definitely smaller you can see there's just not as many kids playing um you know you 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 start to wonder the introduction of it how early how i don't know it's in the drinking water because he's five and a half years old he looks at me and says no family football (laughs) okay you know what well, am I going to say? I, you know, I think there's... No, you're not going right, to do that. Right, right. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's values to the sport, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I think there's there's reasons to believe that kids shouldn't be playing tackle football too early. Um, well, this you know, is touch, but... Right. Yeah. So, you know, athletics has taken on a different um, tone from when I was younger um, in terms of how much kids are doing and how early they're doing it yeah. and I think there's some great parts of that and I think there's the intensity yeah these traveling can teams be, and can so be a lot it's amazing it how, a lot. how focused some of these dry kids are yeah and so on I mean I in my era you know it was you played football in the fall then you played right. basketball in the winter and, and then you like played that. baseball in the spring yeah. and there was some soccer uh getting going but it was the three right. sports and right and the sort of seasonal approach seems to be gone. It's and you like could, you, you could, and I, I, and you could win three letters. Mm-hmm. Now you, well, I got to focus on one, and I can't do the others, right. and the traveling teams, and so on. But sometimes I wonder if it's a little bit overdone. I don't know. What do you think? So I mean, my I have personal opinions about it from yeah. just my own experience. I think yeah. you know those personal opinions wouldn't wouldn't affect what happens in the Rice City School District, but. Yeah. Um, I I personally think there's the approach from a se- to have a seasonal set of sports that you know there's a time for soccer there's a time for football there's a time for baseball I think baseball kind of is still that way mm-hmm. um, although none of my kids play so I don't I don't have as much information about that but you know my I have a child well, that's a soccer and, player maybe you can come and do an intervention with my five and a half year old so he doesn't end up well anyway we'll see i will just say this keep one. introducing different sports uh, i will say for those those listening by the way jen moves her hands around a lot okay <laughs> <laughs> this is radio you can't see right, this that's true uh but if you come to the board meeting you you're, you're extremely <laughs> expressive and i just hope you have more opportunities whether it's podcasts or meeting with parents individually and one thing and so on you do a great job of explaining things. So I wish you luck. Thank you. And uh, very much. maybe sometime we'll do it again. Okay? Thank you very much, Peter. Okay, I appreciate great. it. Okay. Take care.